Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders who influence and inspire people. I'm your U.S. co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast. What do you all do when you are confronted with a negative thought? How do you, how do you shake that? How do you keep it from ruining your day? Keep yeah, I keep busy. <laughs> <laughs> what should not you ignore it? <laughs> so I see it. I see a herd of ads. I'm just going to go do something else. I'm just going to let them eat that bread problem. That's okay. Let them just grow. Not a big deal. I love that, Veronica. But, you know, all joking aside, a lot of us do that, right? We'll deflect and we'll go into work or we'll go out and or we'll go have a glass of wine. Whatever that is, we'll just deflect the emotion. We won't understand what's happening. One thing I find difficult with negative thoughts is from negative people. Being around negative people tends to make me have a lot of negative thoughts. I stay in that little negative thought pit. So I try to surround myself more with positive people or try to get out of the negative people situation. Yeah. How do you do that, Chelsea, uh, practically? Well, you know, the older I get, Kevin, the more the easier it gets to just walk away. <laughs> Sometimes I just have to excuse myself and go get a drink or, you know, step away. Mm-hmm. Find an excuse or yeah, so sometimes it's just to stop, get away from the situation. Mm-hmm. Not always easy, but I, you know, I do have a specific person that has a lot of negative thoughts, and I try to just balance her negative thoughts with, well, how about this, you know, and steer the conversation in a different direction when I can. That's a big, huge shift that I found in myself since this whole new era of self-discovery. I used to kind of let anyone around me, you know, whatever, hang, hang, hang around with whoever was around. And now I'm finding I have very little patience and very little desire to be around those negative people. I find them really draining because I'm doing exactly what you were doing, Chelsea. I'm, I'm trying to say, but look at this side, but what about that side? To try and help them to find a silver lining. I could hang around and, and wallow on, on the last, you know, seven years of my life and get taken over by it. But I can't because life goes on. And just like Veronica, I stay busy. <laughs> you know, deflect and run away. But I refuse to let it take me over. Like I'm done with that. I did let it take me over. And it, it brought me to the brink. And I am fighting against that now. And I find the silver lining in everything. I find, I find the excuse for someone else's behavior. If somebody cuts me off and goes racing a million miles an hour, almost causing an accident involving me, and I say, wow, that person really 
is either in a stolen car <laughs> or has some kind of emergency or any number of things could be going on for that person. And so it's okay. Always, always looking for that silver lining and staying away, trying to stay away from those negative people also. Mm-hmm. They just take too much out of me these days. Yeah, I love that, Sue. Yeah. Um, as you were saying that, I was thinking about, um, okay, uh, I was at an networking event yesterday. And I think uh, Chelsea said, you know, as you get older, you just realize just walk away. And I'm the networking guru. I love networking. I love going to these things. This is pre-COVID. And then this is, yesterday was my second one since the world opened up again. And I noticed yesterday that I had no patience for BS. I, I, I really had no patience. Literally because I went up to a couple of people and I just said, hey, how are you? And all of a sudden it was verbal diarrhea. Like trying to, it's a networking event that says, we don't sell here. Just come to meet and gain, gain friends. So I went to meet friends, make friends. And literally, hi, how are you? I do this, I do this. What do you do? And like, okay, whoa, I just want to know who you are. And I, I basically just walked away. I said, thanks for meeting me and walked away. So I was doing that. I realized that that's not usually what I used to do. So the work that we've been doing and understanding where life has evolved for me. But then there was one person that we met. There was a couple other people. I asked myself, what am I observing right now? What's happening to me? Is this, is this serving me? What am I learning from this experience? And it wasn't a great experience, but I had to sit there. I had to sit there and understand what am I getting out of this? And learning for myself the behavior of others and how is it affecting me? Uh, as Kevin and I have talked about, feeling your emotions, right? Instead of ignoring, deflecting. So for, for the first half an hour, I was deflecting, walking away, which is probably the best thing for me at that point. But then I realized, now I need to understand why am I doing this? What's irking me? Is it against my value system? What's the emotions that are coming up for me? And sitting in that for a moment, realize, okay, this is not serving me or the people around me at this point and making the right decisions at that time. So when we start looking at deflection and choosing the right people around us, which is incredible, it's, it's a great tool, ask yourself the question before, how is this serving me? Instead of being reactive to, it's not working, I don't like them, or they're too negative. How is this serving me right at this moment? Because sometimes your job might just be to help that person. This might be, we don't know. But stopping and thinking about it might be a good opportunity. Kevin, sorry, I went on a bit of a tangent there. Uh, I know we're, it's, we're talking about how to get out of these negative thought patterns, but also understanding that you're in that pattern makes a big difference too. That's good. Well, it goes right back to the foundation of everything, everything we, uh, we talk about, everything we're all about with the blind spots is just that awareness of self and others. Yeah, I guess my question would be, you know, how to help somebody navigate out of that mindset. You know, of course, we'll have control over ourselves. But, you know, how if we recognize that, you know, how do we address it in a positive manner where a person would be receptive so that they could take a step back and reflect? Now, remember the... One of the rules of blind spots is you can't tell anybody else that they have blind spots. It doesn't usually go well for you. 
But you can ask if you've got, depending on the level of your relationship, that's when you can start probing and asking, you know, uh, would you be open to some, another perspective, right? Uh, would you be open to some input on what you just said? You know, you know, see if there's an opportunity. And if there is, then yeah, you've got, there's a lot of ways to sort of address that. I don't want to hog the microphone. So anybody else have thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you hit it on the head there, Kevin. It depends on the level of relationship you have as to how far you can go. But you can always ask questions. Sometimes I'll ask questions to understand, right? I want to listen to understand. So you ask a probing question that uh, they may find the answer themselves. It it might help them see that they're... Because awareness brings choice. Most people that are negative aren't aware they're not self-aware or others aware. They're not aware of the vibe they're bringing to the room. It probably comes from a pain or a, something deeper down. There's always a cause and effect. So you have to decide the level of relationship and the importance of it to you, whether it's worth your energy and your, and your time. And if you care enough and you have enough compassion, what you don't want to do is try and fix them. You know, we're not here to fix people. You don't want to try and fix them, but what you can do is just Depending on, like I said, on that level, you could ask questions to find the cause and effect. And that, that helps sometimes. Curiosity is one of the pillars of growing in self-awareness, awareness of self and others. So asking lots of questions is always good. So what kind of questions? Because I struggle with this as well. And sometimes my bluntness gets me in trouble. But uh, I struggle with that exact same thing. Like where I want to say, you know, people have this saying FML. Um, I'm sure you're all aware of what that means. But they walk around and they say it and they live it. And and I want to say, look at the blue sky outside. Look at the pretty bird. Look at whatever, right? Like just stop it. So what kind of questions? So, so. You say to somebody, you know, good morning. How are you doing this morning? You know, well, it's so gray outside and it's yucky. And, you know, I didn't get a good sleep. And they just hit you with all of this, like right away, negative, 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 negative. What kind of questions? How, how to, I guess, redirect, how to redirect. First of all, I don't have the answer, specific answer, what kind of questions, but. So to go back to what curiosity is, it's not probing. It's really being curious of what the other person's dealing with, asking the right questions of understanding them. It's like, Sue, if I was to say, hey, Sue, you know, I, I saw a picture of you. You were at the hospital with somebody who had a surgery on their leg. What happened? Like, what's going on? And that's really being curious as opposed to saying, so, hey, uh, what happened at the hospital that day? You were at the, ho- you were at the hospital and having surgery. What's going on? That's not curious. That's probing. That's like, I really need to know the answer. Whereas it's not coming from compassion and understanding and really want to know what, ha- what happened. And that's, there's a big difference in that. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip 
forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now back to the program. Yeah. And I think if you don't have compassion for the person or empathy for the person that don't even bother, there's no point. Yeah. Like that's where you might just kind of redirect or say, Hey, you got to go for, you know, hope you're feeling better. But if you don't have genuine empathy or compassion or don't want to genuinely know what the cause and effect is, then don't, don't waste their time or yours. You probably won't get there. The other thing with that is that people are very sensory. So that, that are, that are sensitive to, so if they're feeling down and they're, they're in that kind of the Linus cloud, they're generally pretty sensory. So they can tell when they're being, uh, and, and maybe even oversensitive. So they'll actually read the things into your comments or your questions that aren't appropriate, that aren't necessarily intentional, but it's because you're, so I would express empathy first. Hey, I'm sorry, sorry that you aren't sleeping it. And then I would ask, is, is this something that happens on a regular basis? Yeah. And that's good, Mark. There's a, um, there's a feel felt found statement that always, uh, can not always, but can help in many situations. Boy, I sure, I know how you feel. I've felt the same way. And what I found is right. So feel felt found is a you know, good approach for creating that empathy. Uh, and connection is, uh, I think Mark, you you were talking about this a little bit, but you have to decide, I think the value of that, uh, of the relationship. Do you want a relationship? You know, do you want to go and connect? Connecting is really the key here. Another big part of becoming aware of self and others is leaning in toward connection. Uh, and so in a situation like this, if you're, you just want to change their attitude because you're, you're sick of their attitude, there's no connection involved in that. There's probably, there's probably not even a desire to connect. It's more like, just get out of my face with that attitude. Let's just, can I just change you real quick? That's, that's not going to work. Right. But if you really hear them and, you know, remember this, people always want to be seen, heard and felt. Right. So if you can really hear them and feel them and let them feel seen, then sometimes that'll, that'll open up a door because maybe they're just griping because they want some attention. You know, maybe they've found that that's a good way to get attention. Who knows? We also all have intuition. Like we have intuitively cool story from my wife. She, she was at a bank lineup and she noticed this one Keller was just not very kind. She was, she was quite abrupt with the people in front of her. And so she started thinking about her and kind of had some empathy and wondering what's going on in her life. Like she, she was curious, genuinely curious. Why is this, you know, so she actually let a person go ahead of her to another teller so she could go to that teller. Then she just leaned over quietly and just said, is everything okay? My, my wife calls everybody sweetie or honey. So is everything okay, sweetie? And she just burst into tears. Oh, come here, come here. And, and took her over to the side, you know, came out from behind the desk and just said, I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't know why I'm even telling you this, but I feel safe with you. My husband left me last night. And here this poor lady is at work. And of course she's grumpy with everybody, whatever. But the, the, that empathy, that small empathy and everywhere else, everybody else was reacting to her and being mean at one client in particular, she said it was mean. And that was what triggered my wife's empathy was, oh man, 
there's got to be something more going on in this lady's life. So just use your intuition too. Like if that curiosity and, and, and you actually have genuine like, I don't know what's going on. There's a genuine curiosity. That's usually the, 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 the starting point of empathy. When, when you actually naturally feel curious about something, someone or something, a situation, it's usually that is an invitation to empathy. And so then you can get genuine curious. Great, Mark. Yeah, we don't know what's happened in their lives or what happened last night. We don't know what their upbringing was. Some people just have had a rough life and self-awareness just wasn't part of that teaching. Yeah. Modeling that wasn't the part of that teaching. As you're talking like that, Mark, you know, it's the other, the other side of things where somebody's so bubbly all the time, just always happy. That's usually a mask. That can be annoying too. Well, it could be annoying, but remember, it's, it's a mask or it's a facade that they've got going on because the real pain is being deflected, right? We, we're good at deflecting it and hiding it. And what resource do you guys have to um, further develop this skill? Self-awareness starts within us first before we can understand what the other person's emotions are. And when they're ready, uh, what's to say, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear where we just have to be us and be who we are, have compassion, set your boundaries and go through that process. And if you really love somebody, really care for them, have total compassion, you can just have a real hard, hard conversation. Vulnerability is huge, right? Where you can actually, now I'm a little concerned about what's going on here. I've noticed this with you. What support do you need? Where are you at? And trying to ask those open-ended questions to get them to open up about what's really happening. Sometimes that the, the answer just there, they've infiltrated the, the mind that they don't even know why they're like that. It's just gone in, it's, it's invaded it, and they're stuck in that pattern. And somebody hasn't, or they haven't really asked themselves, what is really going on? Why am I doing this? I didn't realize I was doing this. That's usually the first response I get. I don't know if I answered your question right, Sue, but it, there isn't a real easy way of getting out of that unless they're ready for it. And they're aware this is happening, first of all. Well, I think I need to get out of the fixer mode, especially where my partner, for example, is concerned, want to fix him. If I could wave a magic wand, I tell you, it's such a struggle. But I need to learn to get out of the fixing mode. That's what I need additional support for. Remind me, Sue, your uh, personality behavior style is? Um, competitor. competitor. Competitors have a focus on problems and challenges. Remember, if you're thinking like that's, that's how we roll, that's our, it's just how we're wired. So we do, that's, that's a great strength, but it's also just like every other strength can be a potential blind spot, right? So uh, I love that you're aware of it. And then, yeah, that's what we have to do. It's just, I struggle with the same thing. It's like, sometimes I'm listening, but my mind is like, okay, there's gotta be a problem in here I can solve. There's gotta be a, there's gotta be some, a solution I can provide. And I'm not even being asked for that. Yeah. So I'll just uh, make a recommendation. Anyway, this is a, a great book that I've recommended to not just people who want to be coaches. It's a book of asking the right question and being really curious. It says it here. Say less, ask more, and change the way you lead forever. Right? Nice. Okay. 
So if you get a chance to pick that up, it's, it's all about asking specifically seven questions to get the person to the next level. Well, most people know coaching is just pulling it out. They already know the answer and deeper down, but they, for whatever reason, they, they haven't been able to tap into it. Questions just get them to those deeper layers. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's a transformation happening in the workplace right now where we're not managers or leaders. We just need to be better coaches. As a leader, you just need to be a better coach because you've got to clear what people are working for you, bring the best, best out of them, whatever that best is. And you can't lead them to that. You can coach them through that. The work you've been doing at your own self-discovery and you're renewing yourself is also, well, is a resource in itself. Change your mind, change your life. I think when it comes to negative people around us too, uh, there's decisions that we have to make. I mentioned earlier about, you know, do we want to connect with them? You know, do we want to build that relationship or are we trying to fix them? Of course, or do we just want to get rid of them and get, you know, get away, move and go somewhere else uh, or we leave. I think in the whole uh, big scheme of things, there's, um, I think the way we hear, the way we listen is a big part of it. I like to think that there's four different levels of listening. Have you ever like heard somebody, but not really listened right? or been accused of that as a competitor? I have, or the next level might just be, you know, you're listening. Maybe you're listening and while, while you're listening, your mind is racing, you're solving problems, whatever. That's, that's the, uh, the level right be- below active listening. And then there's active listening, which we've all heard about. And that's not as easy as it sounds, right? That's where you tune everything else out and you literally listen to that person. You don't try to formulate your ideas while they're talking. You don't let your mind race. You literally just tune in. You sort of lean in to what they're saying. And then you process after you hear them. But I like to think that there's a fourth level of listening that's beyond active listening. And I, I like to think of it as engaged listening where you're actively listening with a heart and a desire to connect. You're not just giving them space to listen to them. You're actually wanting to go deeper. You're wanting to to get to know them. You're wanting to connect with that person. And that might be, again, you choose which level of listening you're dealing with, with these negative people, but that's, if you lean into that and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, it's not that I don't like this person. I'd like to get to know them, but I, Boy, they're so negative sometimes. So start asking all those curious questions and then lean in as far as you want to lean into it. You know, as we work through this, what I said earlier is understanding ourselves. Maybe ask yourselves these questions. What am I really feeling? Get curious about why you're going to this negative thought pattern yourself. We all do that. If you understand yourself first, we then might be able to understand what the other person could be going through. It's hard. I mean, when when we're in that mode, it's hard to say, stop, what am I feeling? You know, I need to explore this. You just want to get deeper into that, right? You just, you either deflect it, ignore it, or you just get sent into it, so. Boy, all this talk about negative people seems kind of negative, doesn't it? It's not negative people, Kevin, negative thought patterns. Okay. They're not negative people. <laughs> I thought it was negative, negative people. people we were talking about. Everybody, everybody that we know is naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. Mm. There's things that have clouded that perspective right now, or that person for now. For us, uh, we're all incredible human beings. 
Except for the sociopaths and psychopaths, what do you think? Well, they they weren't born that way. They were incredible human beings when they were born. Mm. Something happened to shift that. But were Something, they? Yeah. What's that, Sid? Nature versus nurture. Well, I think our genes do come into play a little bit, but nurture's predominant yeah. for sure. Yesterday, after the networking event, I went out for dinner and we we're talking about very similar conversations as this. And uh, she said to me, she goes, there are some people who just make their problems a profession. And it just becomes, they're so good at that problem that they're living it. Like they're, they're making money off that problem. Because that's all they know how to do. When will you change your job or your profession? And that really resonated to me. Yeah, I do know a lot, a lot of people who are always meeting that one problem that, you know, I am not good enough and become a profession. Everything they, they do is led to that. Now, we all have these limiting beliefs, but how much are we living it on an ongoing basis? You manifest what you believe. Yeah. So if you're manifesting something you don't like or negativity, then change your beliefs. But I think that that is a huge piece. Sometimes it's reframing the mindset. Just little adjustments can really go a long ways. It's those little adjustments that we need to focus on, not the big ones. Yeah. Right. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. 1% rule. Improve by 1% each day. That's all you get. You don't have to go 100%. Just go 1% a day for 100 days and you're going to have a big change. Yeah. I would venture to say that if you are even working on 1%, you are a much better human being than the vast majority of people who are just living in total unawareness. They're just got this attitude or they kind of, even if they don't consciously believe it, they live this life of this is who I am. It's the way I'll always be. Well, like what Licky said earlier about his event, it's like, you, you got to ask yourself, why do I react the way I do to this people? What, why am I being triggered here? What's, what's deeper in me that is triggering me by this person whose life I have nothing to do with my life. If it's somebody, you know, I don't have to live with them. I don't have to, why am I being so triggered? Because they're negative in this moment. So you, you also got to ask yourself that question and dig a little deeper in. Unfortunately, Never an easy question when you're being triggered though. <laughs> no, it isn't. But unfortunately, uh, you know, the work that we do, my business card actually says I'm a BS navigator. So I look for that BS and unfortunately I had to take that hat off once in a while and not look for the BS and just be present in what's actually happening. And that's hard. And I've realized that that was one of the biggest things that came up yesterday. Was like, okay, stop looking for the blind spots. Just be present and talk to the person. Uh, Kevin, you said earlier that we all want to be heard, seen, and what's that one? Heard, Felt. seen, heard and seen? Felt. Felt, yeah. But if... The other thing that I've learned in the last little while is suppression leads to anger. Suppression leads to depression. 
suppression leads to addiction. So if we all want to be heard, seen, and felt, but yet the person is suppressing what they're feeling, that doesn't work. And they're going to this pattern. So we have to understand that, that that person hasn't had a chance to be heard, seen, or felt. Nobody's really cared enough or wanted to know because negative people, as I'm going to walk away, but there's that one person that's going to really care and then allow that person to open up and talk to them. It may be a coach, maybe a therapist, maybe the best friend. Just knowing that it might give you a different perspective of some people as well. For me, suppression leads to resentment. Yeah. Resentment leads to nothing but trouble. It's true. True that. Something um, that I think about is behaviors that maybe have never been addressed in their, a person's younger years or through their adult lifetime, where people just kind of accept the person as that's just how they are. And then you just have to deal everybody around pesting dams around them, so to speak, but no one really ever having the courage or maybe not knowing how to support the person or better understand what that person has gone through or is going through. And then all of a sudden they can't, they don't know what their blind spots are. And so it is a lose-lose situation. And sometimes that can be stemmed from mental health issues that can be very Difficult, especially if you don't understand those dynamics. What I'm reflecting on right now is more or less my upbringing and my mom. And I think truly probably was bipolar, but maybe back in the day, they didn't have the name for it. And dealing with her behaviors off and on and trying to navigate through that throughout the years until more recent years when. She was diagnosed, but she's much older now. But just looking back and reflecting and thinking, well, you know, my dad never addressed those behaviors. He avoided them. You know, everybody avoided that. And it didn't do her any good. It didn't do anybody any good. And being so young, you know, I had no idea. But now I can step back and reflect and look and say, oh, you know, I may, I may have thought it was my problem. When truly that was not the case. Was my problem because she was my mom <laughs> and I was impacted by it. But being more aware and, and you can't blame a younger person for not having that knowledge. But now that I do have it, trying to make sure that I'm more present, that I'm more available, that I'm more aware of myself for my girls and other people around me. That's good, Veronica. That's the, the benefit of hindsight. That's taking hindsight and applying it. Looking back and then learning from that experience. Not everybody does that either. Sometimes we have to have empathy and reconcile with the little version of ourselves. That can be a gateway to some healing now, right? So that, that's why that worked for you. And that's why you're, you're present for your girls. And yeah, it took a, it took a lot more recently to forgive my mom for the things that she did or didn't do. And I know she meant her best. She tried to do her best, but yeah, I've just had to come to a place except my mom for who she is, love her where she's at, and try to be the best that I can version of myself for her. 
And I think the last step there is is to put healthy boundaries in place. Boundaries protect relationships. Uh-huh. Maybe sometimes you have to put a boundary. It's not rejection of her. It's just you, uh-huh. a boundary will help you keep yourself healthy so that you can be there for your mom, so that uh-huh. you can continue to walk in forgiveness. Sometimes people think forgiveness is like an emotional thing. It's not. It's a choice. And the other thing is that they think they forgive once and it's all done. But I've always said we got to live in forgiveness. We want to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. there's always locks to forgive. So... Uh, but super proud of you, Veronica. That was great awareness. Thank you. It it was a journey and it wasn't easy. And it's like you said, it's a daily process. Like the word, the use of your word journey there. So that's, that's what this is. It's not a destination. Coming aware of ourselves and others is a journey that we'll continue to be on for the rest of our lives. And we'll never get it right. We'll never get it perfect. Well, you'll get it right, but you won't get it perfect. And what is perfect? Well, we'll get it right more often, but we'll never get it. Yeah, we'll never be perfect. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, you, you know, you asked the question initially, how do you manage your negative thought patterns for ourselves? And we, mm-hmm. we covered that a bit, but we started going and working on other people's negative people. It's easier to talk about somebody else. I want to bring, you know, and I love challenging people. So I'm going to bring it back to us again. What is how do you manage it now that you've seen this, heard this conversation? Or how can you, I guess, is uh, what have you learned from this? One of the biggest coaching techniques is just be, just be, just be in the moment. And what that means is, as I'm coaching somebody, someone, or even myself, understanding it's okay to be where I am. Just be there. Understand why you are there. The more you stay there, the more, more you'll understand what's going on. The more you'll understand and ask yourself the questions. What is happening to me? What's observing me at that point? What am I learning from this experience? And it's so hard to be when it's a negative thought pattern or you've got a trauma happening or, or a trigger happening. It's hard to just be in that moment. But the habit that I've been learning and teaching is the more we stay there, the easier it is to get out. The more we stay in that moment, the easier it is to understand why we were in that moment. So let me, let me ask you a clarifying question there, Licky. If I'm in a, a, a negative spiral, where I, what I don't want to do is stay in that negative spiral. Yeah. So yeah, so you're not saying stay in the negative spiral. You're just no, saying. No, this is before you get into the spiral. This is when a negative thought pattern comes in. Oh, man, the day is crap today. Look at the cloud. Oh, man, I can't go cycling today. What's going to happen? My, oh, I'm going to put on weight now. Okay, it's a cloudy outside. It's cloud. Like, I, I've, already, I've already put on 50 pounds because it's cloudy, right? <laughs> and now, I'm gonna, now I need to go have a donut because I feel bad about myself. And, you know, it just goes that way. But I'm just saying it's cloudy. Okay. What am I feeling? What's this going to do for me right now? Yeah. I, I can relate to that a lot because I am a process. Every morning I get up and don't, don't judge, but I get on my scale and it gives me a lot of data. And I want to know that data because I want to compare it. So I have to know how to improve myself. The second data point I'm looking for is my sleep number. So I can see exactly how that went. And before I used to let those dictate how I felt about myself for the day. I don't anymore. I just decided that's data. Good to know. 
I can make some changes if I choose to, but I'm still going to love myself the way I am. And, you know, for me, I just want, you know, data's great. I put the, put it on pause. I don't want to live there in the negative. So I choose not to. Now, can I? Sometimes, yes, I can. (laughs) It's easy um, to dwell on the negatives. Um, But I don't want to feel like that. So I choose not to focus on that. And I just move forward. You know, we all can stay someplace because we want to have a pity party. But how long do you want to stay there? It's up to you. That's one of the fundamental rules of uh, emotional intelligence is accepting your, your feeling, your emotion as data, not judging it. That way you can do something about it. Yeah, learning from it, but creating a belief system from it. Mm-hmm. As you were saying that, Veronica, I heard a lot of self-compassion work that you've done. And that's the other thing that we haven't really talked a lot about today is when we're that negative thought pattern, be kind to yourself. It's no different than if a person in front of you is going through a negative thought pattern or they're talking about how bad the day is or what's happening in their life. You're going to be compassionate to them. Why can't we be compassionate to ourselves and understand? It's okay. But why? It's okay that I'm feeling this. I care about myself. Now why? Just don't leave it. Leave it there. Um, as you were saying, Kevin, if you get into a spiral, being with it, you can, but it's hard to get out of it at that point. So what we're trying to teach here is understand when you're getting into that pattern. There. As soon as you get into that thought pattern, okay, it's cloudy. I know what's happened last time when it got cloudy. I put on 50 pounds. And so I want to just not do that. I want to do, what am I doing? Why am I feeling this? Another real practical tool is if you have a gratitude journal, and if you don't, you should start one. Um, that's what I did. I, I had a, um, some, some bad news on Sunday and then I had the ferry ride, you know, a two hour ferry ride to ponder what I just heard as I was getting on the ferry. <laughs> and that was one of the things I did. I did two things that were very practical. One is I pulled out, uh, my gratitude list and I started just looking at it and I actually read it out loud to myself. and then. The second thing I did is I started looking, well, I can't control that information. What can I control? What does it mean? What, what can I do? And so I went immediately to that. And by the time the very ride was over, I had vision flowing for what I was going to do. And, it, and the, the news was in my rear view mirror. So that's one, just two little really practical things is, you know, that can help you. That, that have helped me. That's how I do it. You ask the question, how do you change your negative thinking? That's how I keep myself from spiraling. If I entertain, you know, if I entertain those, those negative thoughts for too long, I get into the spiral and there, then it's really hard to get out of. By the way, if you are in it, here's another little practical tip. Even if you're in the death spiral, if you, if you predetermine things, if you make a decision when you're not in the spiral, for example. So for example, when I'm in a spiral, I've made the decision in my life that I'm going to call somebody that I trust and know that can pull me out of the spiral. And so that's already determined. I don't have to, you know, so when I'm in the spiral, I don't have to figure out what to do. It's like, no, I've made the decision that I'm going to call some, 
saw somebody when I'm in a death spiral and I pick up the phone and call somebody and they'll pull me out and they'll, I'll, I'll even tell them, I said, I'm in a death spiral. Just start talking to me. <laughs> they'll start encouraging me. Great. Nice. It's good, Mark. There's another tool uh, that, um, that you can use. It's called self distancing. So if you're, uh, if you're in those negative thought patterns, sometimes it's, uh, it's good to put yourself into a third party mindset, speak to yourself in, in third party terms. Like you wouldn't say, how am I feeling? You would say, you know, how is Sue feeling about this situation or how is Kevin feeling about this situation is how I would say it. And then just use, uh, pronouns instead of, you know, I, and you know, said, and me, it would be, you know, he or him, what's this going to do to him? If he stays in this negative, it seems, you know, awkward and weird, but that distancing can also kind of snap you into a place where you can start being rational. You can start asking more rational questions because it takes you sort of a little bit of an out of body experience, takes you a little bit outside of that emotion. I mean, that's a, that's a great tool for self-compassion as well. When you start distancing yourself and looking at yourself and saying, Hey, how Licky, you're doing okay. Licky, it's okay to be that. And that's self-compassion. This is what you're saying exactly the same thing. So, and I love that. Um, mm-hmm. I want to just, I know we've got a couple of minutes here. I want to talk about what Mark said about the gratitude journey. And we're mm-hmm. piggyback on that a bit. When negative thought pattern happens, or negative thought happens, we're easy to add the second one and the third one and the third comes in, right? However, when we have a win, we don't even acknowledge it. Or we'll acknowledge it just for a moment and then move on to the next thing. Then we wonder why negative thought patterns become a spiral and wins don't become a spiral. So if I was to ask all of you right now, just think about whatever time it is for you, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever the time is, think about the wins you've had already this morning. I closed the sale and I got this huge deal happening. No, I'm talking about, I woke up, I'm breathing. I love my cup of coffee that I just tried. Yeah. How how about How about even the journey that, uh, like Sue brought up, but all on, like, you know, make a note of those wins where it's like, oh, I caught that trigger before I reacted to it. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I reacted differently than I used to. Uh, And you became aware of that in that moment. That's a win. Those are huge wins. Well, and also on, you've just spent an hour working on yourself. You deserve it. You, mm-hmm. You've chosen this time. We didn't force you. We want you to be. We want you to be here, but you chose to be here, and that's a win that you care about yourself. Thank you for listening to the Awareness Advantage podcast, brought to you weekly by the leadership team at Blind Spots Global, a multinational, multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. We hope to see you there.